It's spring game week for the Florida Gators, and I have never been so excited for a spring game, but we got to talk about the biggest storylines here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and I'm, I'm telling you, I genuinely have used HelloFresh for months. They're awesome. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use code college60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. But the main focus of today is not free shipping on your HelloFresh. It is the spring game. Is this Thursday evening, which we know there's going to be a ton of recruiting news, and we'll we'll talk about all that. Another day, we're going to have John here for it, so we'll talk about it then. But there's a lot riding on this spring game, which is weird because, you know, last year it was, well, is it going to be Anthony Richardson or Jack Miller the third? But we kind of knew it was Anthony Richardson. However, this year, we were going into it with, is it Graham Mertz or Jack Miller the third? Is Graham Mertz kind of thought to be the starter? Is he being treated as a starter? Which... Yeah, kind of like he's taken most of the first team reps. So you could say it's supposed to be Graham Mertz or Graham Mertz is leading. But from what started as, okay, it's Graham Mertz. That should be the assumption. And Jack Miller III is behind him by a bit. Recent reports indicate that Jack Miller III has turned this quarterback battle into a quarterback war. And it is really going to see who will be the starter. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the spring game will play out. And I think one of the main reasons that I'm looking forward to seeing how the spring game plays out in terms of deciding this quarterback battle or helping to decide this quarterback battle is last year, we saw Jack Miller, the thirds offense not really do much in the spring game where this year that will hopefully be different. We'll see how he's improved. We'll see how he's improved from the bowl game. But probably most importantly, if the defense operates under their actual system, which we'll probably see a little bit of a watered-down version of it, but you'll probably still see plenty of blitzing, and you'll probably still see the defense generally do what it wants to do, you're probably going to see both of these quarterbacks, or or whichever quarterbacks play in the bowl, in the uh, spring game, you're probably going to see them try to operate under pressure. And that's obviously an incredibly important thing for a quarterback to do, especially when you have the Florida Gators offensive line, which is not bad, but there's just so many question marks on it. And then that's really the part that's going to be surprising. Even if you don't see blitzing, will you still see pressure? And how will that impact the quarterbacks, especially for an offensive line again, that is, you know, they're dealing with some injuries here and there. There was a lot of youth. They're trying to figure out who's going to be playing what spots. They're not 
you know, game ready right now. So it's going to be interesting to see also how they divvy up the teams is going to be basically first string offense versus first string defense with second string offense versus second string defense is going to be a, a mix and mash of everybody all around, which I I would kind of rather see first team versus first team, second team versus second team, but irrelevant right now. But I'm curious to see how the offensive line shake out because odds are whoever the offensive line had or whoever is playing offensive line, it's probably going to be a relatively new combination and a relatively inexperienced combination there. How much weight will the spring game hold in, uh, we'll say deciding the quarterback battle is probably a big point for me as well, because, you know, we're not at these scrimmages that the Gators have. We're not at practices that the Gators have, but we will all be able to see the QB battle. So, or the QB battle in the spring game. So let's look at if Jack Miller plays great and Graham Mertz plays average, is that going to heavily decide that, hey, maybe it's Jack Miller that gets to start? Or is it going to be more of a product of everything? Because also what you see in practice or what we get to know from practice is not their in-depth practice. So we don't know what it's looked like that entire time. I'm curious to see if the offense looks different depending on who the quarterback is. And it's not just something where it's like, oh, Graham Mertz is a better quarterback. So the offense moves better. I'm curious to see, do we see Jack Miller get to work out of the pocket more? Is he working more bootlegs, rollouts, sprint, whatever you want to call them? Is he operating more out of that? Is Graham Mertz working more rpo style offense into his game than jack miller does or is jack miller working more rpo style so i'm interested to see how that works out where it it could go either way honestly but i'm curious to see if we see the offensive system or if we see each of them running their offense and seeing how it works against florida's defense so i'm very curious to see if billy changes things up because of course Actually, now I'm curious to know who's going to be calling the offenses. (laughs) Now I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not Billy calling offense. Maybe it's Rob Sale and, I don't know, Billy Gonzalez. Maybe it's Russ Calloway since he has play calling uh, experience. So I'm curious to see how that's going to happen, how it's going to defer there. Are we going to see Max Brown? Because I know going into the spring game last year, I thought that Billy would operate it like a preseason game in the NFL where it's a guy, the starters are going to play a half and then we'll rotate out and and we'll bring in depth. And I thought that we were going to see backups come in way earlier than we did. And they really didn't come in until the very end. And they're just like, they weren't really given an opportunity to show what they can truly do. So I'm curious to see if going into this spring game, will we see Graham Mertz, Jack Miller, the third, and Max Brown actually play significant snaps? Will we see Parker Lysey, Michael Leon, Jordan Guile? Will we see everybody get reps? Probably not, but will we see three guys get meaningful snaps? Will we see four? Or will we just see Graham Mertz and Jack Miller III, like last year again, where we saw mostly Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller III? And that was mostly... We saw some reps at the end of the game, but again, those were meaningless reps in in what was a blowout in the spring game. So will we see Max Brown? Also, important to note, Max Brown, after the spring game, will be returning to the baseball team because he's been focusing on football for this spring game. So 
he will be stepping it back to baseball, but that's not super relevant to the spring game. It's just fun little fact for those of you that also follow Gators baseball, which yeah, Sunday sucked for our Saturday sucked for the tournament, but, um, or for the series, but Florida did win the series. So that's more important, right? I'll take a series win over, you know, a run rule loss one time. But before we talk about <laughs> the rest of this spring game, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. March Madness is done, but baseball is here. UFC on Saturday was very, very helpful, whereas USC on UFC on Saturday, Israel Adesanya by KO, TKO was plus 370. Thank you for cashing that one pretty early in the second round, too. And also, baseball, I got it right here. What were the odds? Plus 670, I had Pete Alonso to hit a home run and Kodai Senga to have over five and a half strikeouts. He had six, so that cash. So thank you as well, FanDuel. New customers, sign up, no sweat, first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And I think for me, which is unsurprising, the next biggest storyline is what's happening at tight end. Because it's not just, oh, the tight ends weren't super productive in 2022. We need to see changes. It's Keon Zipper, who is the leading receiver amongst tight ends in all categories besides touchdowns, where he was second. Keon Zipper... Um, I was told is torn ACL and patella tendon. And so he is going to be missing the season. He is looking to come back in 2024. Will that be with Florida? Probably depends how 2023 plays out with the young guys, especially Dante Sanders, who is the other incumbent starter at tight end. Arm is in a sling, AC joint sprain. So he's out. For now, it's it's not going to be something that, you know, prob- it's probably not going to be something that carries over into the season, but it is something that's going to limit his spring. So there's that. Jonathan Odom, injured in the bowl game. He is still out and probably going to miss a bit more of time because, you know, it, it wasn't a little nicked wing that he got. So Jonathan Odom's out. But that means that going into this offseason, those are your three best tight ends. None of them are here for the spring game or spring practice. Second year in a row, the tight end room has just been demolished by injuries. However, when one door opens, or when one door closes, another opens, right? Because now you've got Arliss Boardingham, who is from the 2022 class, the most hyped tight end, or highly touted, most highly touted tight end from that 2022 class for the Florida Gators in a class where they brought in three tight ends. Arliss Boardingham is the highly touted one. He is receiver, tight end, hybrid. He can legitimately get them get it done at both positions. He's probably going to play out wide a little bit and be that versatile option where it's like, okay, well, oh, look, Florida's coming out with one tight end on the line of scrimmage. They're coming out with two receivers on the left and Arliss Boardingham's out wide, right? And then he motions in and it's like, oh, wait, no, they're going heavy set again. So Arliss Boardingham gives you that versatility there. So Arliss Boardingham has been given ample opportunity because of those injuries. Hayden Hansen, friend, friend of the show. Um, Hayden Hansen is the other primary guy up there with Arliss Boardingham right now. Again, 
for an offense that is going to have two tight ends where if these injuries carry over into the year with Keon Zipper, we know he's out for the year. So he's done. Jonathan Odom, when will he be back? When will he be ready? Will he be here for the Utah game? Will he not? Will he be here for Tennessee a couple of weeks later? So what is it going to look like for him? So for Hayden Hansen, need to step up and he's tight end two right now or tight end one B, I guess we'll say with Arliss Boardingham, which I, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm not excited about that. Like, like going into the 2022 season, I remember saying I want to see both Arliss and Hayden Hansen on the field at the same time because they're going to be Gators for years and they're probably going to play on the field a lot together. So I was hoping that in 2022, we'd see some rotations where it's like, okay, you know, uh, Eastern Washington game, obviously Arliss was dealing with injury, but prior to the season, again, I was like, all right, maybe Eastern Washington, we see Arliss and Hayden both get to play a ton and see the true freshman eat. That didn't happen. So hopefully, I mean, I, honestly, yeah, we'll see what happens when the season comes. But spring game, I want to see them both eat. I want to see how they're used also. I want to see... You know, are Arliss and Hayden going to be on the same team, or are they going to be one-on-one -on -one team, one on the other, and we're going to see who's got the best game as a starting tight end here? Or is it going to be, hey, these two might play a bit together during the season, so put them on the field together and see how that shakes out. Either way, I want to see them eat. I want to see Hayden get matched up against Shamar James and see what happens there, because I, I know that's always fun. Um, and... and I've heard things and that sounds awesome to me, but it's an insanely talented and versatile tight end duo to have those two when you're looking at young options, because tight ends generally don't contribute early in college. They generally don't contribute early at the NFL level. So Arliss and Hayden kind of putting it together, kind of putting them together is a very young versatile tight end group that i'm curious to see how it shakes out with them and it's genuinely my favorite possible duo just because again i think they give you so much i think that you kind of get more of the speed with arliss boardingham and more of the power with hayden hansen and quadzilla like we, we know his legs are huge so he probably get that speed and power mix, and that's always a good combination. You have both of them can be killers in the red zone because if you put a linebacker on Arliss, he's probably going to snap his legs. If you put anybody on Hayden, he's probably going to go up over top. And so I think that they're just such a great complementary duo, and complementary football does not get enough compliments. So there's that also during the pro during the uh, spring game. We'll see Andrew Savai and I who switched from edge to tight end during this past off season. But again, in high school, he was a not highly touted, but he was a productive tight end for a high school. Tony Livingston, who was an offensive lineman in high school, is moving to tight end and he's a great athlete. What's he going to look like? And also what advantages does he have as being a former offensive lineman moving to tight end? How much of an advantage does that give him as far as run blocking for a team that, you know, needs to run block because they're going to run the football. Well. Scott Isaacs III is a walk-on that's been making waves. I've heard his name multiple times as someone who's showing progress and making splash plays. They're also the only other tight ends available. So guess what? If you see Arliss and Hayden on the same team, that means that the other team is going to have 
probably we'll see one of these guys go on both teams, which is probably the most likely scenario. But you'll see Arliss and Hayden there, and Andrew Savainai, Tony Livingston, Scott Isaacs the third. You'll probably see them play significantly because guess what? If Arliss and Hayden are on the same team, then two of those other three are probably starting for the other team. If Arliss and Hayden are one team each, then guess what? You need a, a second tight end there that's going to play consistently. So. I'm curious to see what's going to happen at tight end with all these injuries and, and replacing players. And it, it's one of those things where it sucks that injuries happen. I'm excited to see how it shakes out though. Going to defense for this one safety. I just, it, it's a brand new room because you look at trade and Rashad Torrance. They're gone. They're going to the NFL or at the very least they're trying to go to the NFL. You look at, uh, probably the heir apparent at safety would have been Trevis Johnson because I don't think they liked him that much at star, but he went to Missouri where he's going to be blitzing like crazy, assuming he stays at their star spot. So he's going to be blitzing a lot, which is, you know, great for him. But with Miguel Mitchell also now, he's the favorite. He's the guy that in February, I remember saying, you know, like, like I spoke to someone on the coaching staff and I was like, oh, so what do you think about safety? And the thought was Miguel Mitchell's our best safety right now. Like he was like, he's our best safety right now. Um, probably going to be a starter when we get around to the fr- to the start of the year. And he was injured a little bit earlier in the spring, missed a week with a non-contact injury with a non-contact Jersey, but he is back now to play and he will be here for the spring game, which is interesting to see. I'm hoping that for safety, we see on one side Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson as the starters. Obviously, Kamari Wilson, five-star out of IMG last year, likely going to be Miguel Mitchell's running mate as far as starters in the secondary at safety go. So I think that we'll see Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson starting, which is also interesting because Miguel Mitchell last year played more star than anything else. So he operated more as a box defender than anything else. Kamari Wilson is someone that Gators fans, a lot of Gators fans are going, blame a linebacker. Why not? Uh, so you're looking at two guys who are generally thought of as not deep safeties in a defense that's going to operate more cover three than they did quarters last year. So cover three means that you're going to have to be a bigger space eater, we'll say, on the deep end. So you're going to have to be rangy and cover that space where quarters, you know, you had help. You had help underneath. You had help to the side. There was a lot going on where mentally you had a lot of requirements but physically you didn't necessarily have to cover a ton of space where now cover three you're going to have to be able to do that as a deep safety with one guy working as a box safety my assumption would be miguel mitchell is more of the deep safety with kamari as more of the box safety but again miguel mitchell operated as a star last year in the limited playing time that he had and we saw him work as a flat defender, which in cover three, one of your safeties is probably going to be a flat defender. So we'll see. I mean, it, it could be a fun combination. It could be interesting. I think it gives you a lot to work with. It's just a matter of can they really do what they need to do? We'll find out. And then the second string or second team safeties, Jordan Castell, who I've heard nothing but awesome things about him, and Bryce Thornton, both of whom, have been rotating with the second team and will almost definitely find some playing time during the season this year. Spring game could be a big test for them because for the secondary specifically, 
I think that you'll be looking at like safety specifically and linebacker specifically, actually more so than just secondary. So linebacker and safety, you're looking at guys who need to be able to work together. So for those positions, I'm like, okay, you should play the starters on the same team or play the combinations on the same team where safety, you should see your starters, Miguel Mitchell, Kamari Wilson starting on one side, because they're going to need to know how to play off of one another in actual games. Then you have Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton as the other starters because they're going to need to be able to play off one another in actual games. And they're going to be that duo that comes in, that second team safety group. They're going to be the ones that come in. So they've both been making plays. They've both been popping consistently. Jordan Castell worked in a defense that was similar to what the Florida Gators are doing now. He did that in high school. Bryce Thornton worked all over the secondary in high school. They're both incredibly versatile players. Jordan Castell also, by the way, played outside cornerback in high school. So I think he gives you something that you don't get from safeties often. Like, especially if you're going to operate in, in man coverage, he's going to be able to do that. So that's something that I'm curious to see, especially when, you know, Georgia, when you've got uh, Brock Bowers running out there, Utah, and you've got Brent Keithy running out there. What is that going to look like? We'll see, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it works out. Anyway, the spring game also is important for a safety spot because right now we know safety is the youngest room on this on this roster. We know that the second transfer portal window opens in less than a week now. So, if the spring game, if if the safeties are popping in the spring game, maybe the Gators don't have to stress safety so much in the second transfer portal window. If they go, okay, well, we're comfortable with Miguel and Kamari starting. We're comfortable with Jordan Castell and Bryce Thorne as a second string. We'll add a safety if there's one that we really like, but we don't need to add a safety. Whereas right now, the thought process is generally, poof, need to add a safety. So we'll see how the spring game really changes that, if at all, how it goes into the evaluation. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first lesson of the day every day we'll be back tomorrow to talk more florida gators football and more probably about the spring game for lockdown gators i'm brandon olson don't forget to follow me on twitter at wns underscore brandon find all my written work with whole nine sports giants country and nfl 33 and i will see you all tomorrow